All right, we are jumping in to our official second episode of the Redefined Project. So we finished up the last one earlier last week, um, and we are talking, what do you think when you re-listen to stuff? Um, I don't know, I feel like um, after I re-listened to it, a lot of stuff was like super broad stroke, but I guess that's kind of like what we were going for in that. Um, did it make you think about some of that shit? Yeah, I just, yeah, definitely a lot of it is like a lot more detailed and shit than you initially think. And um, there's just like, I feel like I have so many examples of stuff, but I just can't, it's hard to think of something like right off the top of your head about any of the shit yeah. we talked about. Yeah, I hear you. Um, well, I guess be- well, before we jump into any other s- stuff, What's the, what's the update on your, on your leg? You got an MRI, right? Yeah. Um, there's bone, it has a bone tumor. Um, a bone tumor. Yeah. Okay. So I need to go in, I'm going, I have surgery on Tuesday. Um, because the place that it's broken is not directly on top of my ankle. Like I initially thought it was, I thought it broke my ankle, but it's actually the like bottom part of my tibia that get, like leads into your ankle. And that's where the, it's like basically where if you were to look at an x-ray, it shows you like where your bone is on the x-ray, you see the white part. And if you look at my x-ray, there's just this big like void, a mass of where the bone should be. And there's no bone there. And that's where the break went like completely through it and kind of separated that part of my leg. So I have to go in there, they're going to open it up. Then after they open it up, they're going to do a biopsy on the tumor while I'm still on anesthesia. And then the biopsy, if it's, it comes back, like it's like chill and it's just like a single growth, then they're going to take it out and then repair the bone. But if the biopsy comes back weird, um, then they're going to stop the surgery. And then they said, we'll figure out what to do from there. Got it. So it could just be, well, been, we don't really know. We'll wait to see what it, what it actually is. Yeah. So they don't know anything until you get, they just know it's not, nothing is spread into my chest or anything, which is why we did the chest CT scan, but they don't know if it's progressed in my leg or if it's like signs of like doing weird stuff yet but that's what the biopsy will tell us got it so is that is the leg that you broke is it the same leg that you broke when you got hit by the car other one (laughs) because the other one right now doesn't it still have metal rods in it yeah (laughs) so that's the so it's your it's your left leg that you hurt this time yeah okay got it and there's your right leg when you were on a scooter and you got hit by a car in yep. the crosswalk when a car, a uh, nice Volvo going about 35 miles an hour. A good Video. time. Yeah. But you said this one in pain wise was, was up there. It's about like, have, have you ever like seriously broken a bone before? I know you've broken a couple things, but have you like really like fucked something before? Not, not like that. So there's just like this weird feeling that like you can feel the bones are not where they're supposed to be and they're like offset and like kind of on top of each other in a weird place whenever you move your leg or whatever you move, whatever part you're broken. Um, And it's pretty much like that all the time. Jeez. That does not sound like fun. It's not, but. But you'll know more on Tuesday. Yeah, the soft splint sucks because once they put it in the hard cast and they do, and they actually, because they just don't set it. So like right. Right now, it just feels like I'm, it's healing all like messed up and they're going to have to move it around and fix it. But once they put it in the hard cast, everything's like in place and it doesn't feel like that anymore. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens as this develops and go from there. 
Yeah. So, okay. Well, aside from that, I guess since we last talked, is is the your original class? Are they're done? They made it through. How weak? Yep. Have you talked to those guys after? Have you seen any of them, or just the one that's in your room? What, what's that been like? Um, I've talked to most of them. Um, it's kind of crazy how how drastically everyone's opinion of each other has changed hmm. over the course of those five days. Because that's like where like you're they're like a real colors show, and like people will a lot of people hate each other after it. Really, uh, like from of, the same yeah. in the same boat cruise and stuff, or mm-hmm. separately. Um, and this mainly in the same boat crews. So just like from what I heard from my own boat crew, um, as I've been with those guys, we've been doing our alpha evos and our, uh, boat crew based evolutions for the last six weeks from bow, um, all the way up through hell week. And Mm -hmm. what they were saying is just like the amount, like, obviously like when you get to a certain point, people's brains are like fried and they're all kind of messed up, but um, the giants, the boat crew that I was in really good at logs. Um, pretty, probably like top, top three to four boat crews, um, with the land portage with the boat on your head. But then when it comes to like paddling the fucking boat, like almost dead last. Um, and I think that that has to do with, you just have, there, you're just so much heavier than everyone else. And it's weighing the boat down. There's when it comes to paddling, we just, we're not good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, the shorter people were really good at paddling. So, I don't know if that made a difference or not, but that's what that's what our going theory was, that just way more the boat's harder to paddle. But um, I guess, like, some stuff that they were doing, uh, whenever they were doing weird boat races or something, um, they would generally, if you, fin- if you finish first, then you get rewarded for it. And if you don't finish first, then you get punished for it. And <laughs> what was happening was, I think it was on – uh, Wednesday night or Thursday morning, uh, somewhere early in there. They've been up since like Sunday. They're just all messed up in their brains at this point, but they're still going, still doing stuff. Um, so the per- people who secured first, uh, who got first place, like they got first place. So they were given coats, beanies, and they got to take a nap, like out on the beach. Um, so I probably like, sleep for like an hour or two, uh, while mm-hmm. everyone else would continue to do stuff. And I guess the, my boat crew came in uh, second to last place and they were uh, about to get pulled off the beach. They're like, you're going to go make a boat tent. You're going to set your boat up and you're going to go sleep underneath it. You guys have like 45 minutes. That's nice. And uh, one of the guys was like, he's like instructor, this person, can we get coats and beanies too? And then the instructor was like, are you fucking kidding me? That's a joke, right? That's a joke. And then everyone in the boat crew was like, looks at this dude. They're like, are you, are you serious? Did you just say that to him? They're like, tell him it was a joke. Tell him it was a joke. And he's like, no, I want to know if we can get them. And like, they're, and then the instructor's like, you, this boat crew get back in the water. Um, And um, he had them like walk out to like chest deep water and they started playing trivia for 30 minutes of their 45 minute break. Um, And just like, they would ask them stupid questions. And every time they got a question, right, they could take one step forward closer to shore. And every time they got one wrong, they had to step back into the water so it was just trying to get all the way uh, onto shore and they ended up getting like 10 minutes of sleep when they should have had almost an hour because someone said something stupid Jeez. um the sa- same thing happened on around the world 
which is they're they're literally like their last like main thing that they do where you paddle your boat around the entire island like that that evolution took them from like eight o'clock at night till about four o'clock in the morning how far how far is that distance was i have no idea it just takes a long time yeah (laughs) and so they're paddling and then you like every like mile or so you stop and then you just get beat on the beach a little bit go and Mm -hmm. lay in the water and like do these things called rocking chairs where it's like a full like you're you're laying down and you have to bring your feet behind your head till your toes touch the sand behind you and then come all the way up so it's like a super far sit up and it really sucks when the waves crash on you because you like you're actually like drowning at that point and it's just not fun to do those but there's a tradition that happens every single hell week during that specific evolution where the dudes in sqt who just graduated um buds who are getting ready to get um doing the actual seal qualification training so like all the stuff that you don't you the actual training portion um what they'll do is they'll get like waterproof bags and their dive gear and they'll swim out to wherever the boats are and like sneak stuff out to the people on the boats and give them like snacks and stuff yeah and the everyone everyone knows what's going on they know what that people are doing it they're like okay you can eat whatever they give you up until you get to the next stop and then you have to turn everything else in so they're like, okay, so they get their snacks, they start eating them, they get to the next stop, and then um, they turn their snacks in, obviously. And there's this one um, officer, a dumbass, in our boat. Um, when they got to the stop after that, he was like, instructor, I think we should be able to get all of our snacks back since we turned them in. Is this thing where they asked for the beanies and jackets? This, 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 this is a different guy. And like, this is the entire class was, um, in, they were getting surf tortured while it was happening. And the entire class, like, looks up at this dude and they're like are you are you stupid like why would you do that and they kept the, they punished the entire class for it. they kept them in the water for an extra like 30 minutes because of that one guy God damn. so yeah um the boat crew did not like him since we didn't like him since like sunday night when we started doing uh base tour did he make it all the way through he made he's like it's like one of those things weird the people some of the people who made it through you're like, how the fuck did this person make it through? But it's definitely like the boat crew carried a lot of pe- the boat crews carry a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so it's just a. It's weird seeing who makes it and who doesn't make it. Oh yeah, I'm sure, and and it's also different with like the injuries and who just drops and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm curious since since last time we talked and and went through some of this stuff. Was there anything that popped up in your mind of like a story or some shit or anything that you're like, oh, I wish I could have talked more about this? Um, I mean, I guess you just need more like context. If we're talking about a specific thing, I could probably pull something from sorry, I'm putting on a sweatshirt. It's cold in here. If, they, if we had done hell, if hell week had been this week, it would have been terrible. It's windy and raining here. <laughs> that would have been miserable. Yeah, it would have been awful. But, um, I don't know. I think that if we got into a certain topic or what, started talking about something specific, I'd be able to think of something. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and last time, the main thing that we kind of talked about was like the mental toughness and staying in the cold. And, and basically, the, the main message was like that limitations, the stuff that, that you're limited to in your brain can like just slow you down and if you get rid of that self-doubt then you can do a lot of other stuff, what was one of the hardest things for you, I guess, that you came, that you felt you, like you had 
the most self-doubt like what was the toughest part of training up to this point where you were like fuck I need to figure this shit out because this is super super foreign maybe we can start there um the thing that I definitely had the hardest time with throughout all of training is this thing called drag races so whenever you finish an evolution that has to do with your boats <clears throat> they'll, you'll start doing um they'll literally line the entire class up on the beach and they'll be like go and you have to sprint it's a race you have to sprint with your boat on your head till you get to the base of the berm then down your boat carry your boat up the berm all the way up to the top then sprint back down the berm and sprint past the finish line so it's just like these very short sprints with the boat and mm -hmm. uh if you win then you're done like that that'll be the thing that that'll be like the last thing that you do like on like a night evolution or something like that and as soon as you're done with that then you're done with the, the night and you get to like run your boat over the berm and then go and like start preparing to like tearing down your boat and getting everything put away and getting ready to like do your collaterals and finish up for the night. Um, mm -hmm. not, I'm not a sprinter. Um, not good at running fast for short distances. So that was something that I struggled with the most because some of the dudes really good at sprinting. And the whole thing is like, you don't want to get ran out of your boat. If you get ran out of your boat, um, bad things happen. <laughs> yeah. So like, like every, every single person who got ran out of their boat, um, throughout the course of Baze and Bo has quit because um, it's just uh, they they like you get mobbed by like eight instructors all at once. Um, maybe I that's mean, a good just, maybe that's maybe that's a good place to also go to next about the guy that you ran out from your boat because that shit was yeah. nuts. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, well, the first thing so when you you have your an officer in charge of your class. So this dude was a captain in the Marines. So he's an officer, he's O3. And uh, he did a cross transfer service or cross a service transfer, service branch transfer to come over here because he wanted to be a SEAL. So he was um, going from being a captain to a lieutenant. It's just, it's the same uh, rate. The Navy just has weird uh, titles for- So it's like same. a lateral, lateral move. Yeah. So he came and he was, I, I didn't know it at first, but I guess that going through all of the, um, the special warfare like screening process and everything, like he was not great at everything. Because um, typically the officers, especially the officer in charge are like, they're freaks of nature. Yep. And they're like insanely in shape because the screening process for them to get to Coronado is like much more intense to come in as an officer than to come in as an enlisted person. So I just, so we had to go through like boot camp and prep and um, then come out here and do bow. They have to pretty much go through a, a milder version of hell week before they even get selected to commission. So they have to hmm. come out to Coronado and they just get like, it's two weeks and they just get the shit kicked out of them for the entire time. <laughs> and then if you do good enough, then they'll be like, Hey, we, we want, we want you to come into the program. So then they'll get a spot. Then they'll commission as an officer. Then they'll come in and they'll spend like six months, um, out here in Coronado before they're given a class to go into. So basically you really have to fucking want it because it's a ton of shit you have to go through. Yeah. So, um, this dude comes out, he's the officer in charge of the class. So he's supposed to be like the top dude, but he's not the top dude. And he's like one of the slower runners, uh, slower swimmers. And then when we did, we did a land portage and he got ran out of his boat and the instructors were, on his ass like so really so just pausing for people that don't know land portage is when you have the boat on top of your head and you're running on the sand 
right? Yep. For like a long distance period of time and running yep. out, since there's those six or seven guys that are carrying the boat, it's when you purposefully try to run faster so that a weak person literally can't keep up and they physically fall out. Like they're, they're, yep. they, it might not necessarily be on purpose, but it just, someone can't keep up and they get ran out of the boat. Um, it's typically someone who's in the back of the boat and they can't keep up and then the boat goes on and they fall behind. So now, now their boat is have every, every single person in their boat is carrying their weight and they're not helping. And if that happens to you and you're behind your boat and you're out, um, you'll have like five or six instructors, bullhorns, like in your face, like screaming at you. Mm -hmm. It's not a spot that you want to be in. <laughs> yeah. Because then they just attack you the, the rest of the day for you is just, and the week and possibly the entire phase is just horrific. Because now you're that guy who got ran out of his boat and the officer in charge, they didn't do it intentionally. He just got ran out. So they put him in it. They threw him into a different boat crew. He got ran out of that one. And he just kept getting ran out of boats because um, he couldn't keep up. And then eventually he went in because he's, he's like, my foot hurts. Um, something's wrong with my foot. So he went to medical and then came back with COVID like symptoms and they pulled him from the class. So the instructors took notice of that. They're like, how, they told us that we have like a little meeting at the end of the day with our main instructor, our proctor. And he was like, how the fuck do you go in with a foot injury and come out with COVID symptoms? And he's like, we can, we can smell this bullshit like a mile away. And where he's like, I heard all the stories about this guy coming in. But he, he, it was basically like a kangaroo court without the guy there. Just getting him just getting torn apart by the staff. But um yeah he was out of the class um he got rolled i don't know when when or if they're going to let him back in but uh so go go through and just and also like talk about what, what a kangaroo court is because that's also not like a normal word that i also don't know what that means like describe that um it's basically everyone ganging up on you and like <laughs> It, it's it's it sucks for that when it happens to people like they usually make rules about it because it's like almost considered a form of hazing and people are it's like you don't get to defend yourself for anything and it's just people telling just telling you every single thing that you're doing wrong 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 until it's like a horribly demoralizing thing and usually if that happens to someone then they end up quitting mm -hmm. for it but like so like for example in our proctor meetings what he would do is if we had uh, a swim at the during that day he would be like okay um bronze medal third place third fastest pair stand up you guys did this time good job second fastest pair stand up and then i i was uh lucky enough i i got first on every single swim um throughout bow and phase and in hell week which was nice so um that put my name in a good light and he would always be like owens uh and my somebody at the time adams he'd be like you guys are defending your title. Good shit. Keep it up. I'm like, awesome. So he'd be like, good job, guys. Sit back down. And then he'd be like, now these people stand up. You're the worst in the class. You have the slowest time. Like, you know, like what, where you are right now? It's like, you guys failed to swim by like two and a half minutes. Why are you even here? Like, this is no bullshit question. Like, why are you here? Like you're, we're maritime operators and you can't even swim. You can't even hit an 85 minute two mile. Like that's pathetic. That's ridiculous. And it just goes on and on and on to these guys. <laughs> and he's like, take he, uh, the first week. He's like, take notice of these people because their names are going to come up and continue to come up over and over again. And he was right for almost every single evolution, every single thing that mattered, it'd be the same people. He just started laying into over and over again mm -hmm. until either they got performance dropped from the program or they quit. Brutal. So it's just like 
we don't think you're good enough, get the fuck out yeah. kind of thing. I wonder if what that would look like if we if we did that in software sales. I don't think they'd be very happy. No. Anything you do anything if you did anything that they do here in like the real world it would not go over well in twenty twenty. Yeah, most likely not from what from what it sounds like. Only negative reinforcement. <laughs> yeah, only negative reinforcement, how to make people feel better and actually feel really bad about yourself. That yeah. makes sense. Um <laughs> Yeah. Well, one thing actually, some I told you, I'm still finishing up that book for the third time, the uh, Goggins one. And he's talking about when he starts his like ultra marathons and stuff. And one thing he talks about is like the the governor. Do you remember that from the book where it's like your mind makes it feel like you have a 40% limit and you're like capped mm-hmm. out. That's all you can do. But there's really all this other stuff that that you can do. Because last time he yeah. talked about like you're operating in the red zone basically the whole time. Yeah. And I'm just curious from 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 like what you've gone through like that 40% thing, is that something that you guys felt like you discovered and found? And do you think that's true? Yeah, definitely. It is true. Um, I remember before we went, it was like the last week of Bo. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. There's these kids who they got rolled out of phase for COVID. Um, these twin brothers. And I was talking to them because um, logs was the initial thing I was worried the most about. And I was like, yeah, like I heard that you do like an hour and a half straight of lunges. Um, for your first logs and he's like I'm, I'm like hoping he's gonna be like no that's just an exaggeration like they they do this as he's like yeah that's what you do and I was like well fuck <laughs> I'm like how like how does that even possible how do you do that and he's like well you just start lunging and then um eventually like you'll get to a point where you're like I can't do this anymore and then you'll keep doing it and then he's like that he's like it stop. it starts to hurt less and less um, then, then you thought it would, because that's your body kind of just like realizing that it's not going to stop and it's adapting to it. And it starts to get more efficient with kind of your energy and stuff going on. So it's bad, but it's not as bad as you think it is. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then, uh, when we did it, that's definitely the case you, you, it's like this weird kind of like bell curve up where you hit your peak amount of like pain and effort. And then usually that's where people will tap out and be like, I can't do anymore. I can't do anymore. But if you kind of just force yourself to keep going, then it goes down. It doesn't go, it doesn't go away, but it goes down to a state where you're like, I can continue this. Um, it sucks, but it's not as bad as it was right at the beginning. It's not kind of like how it was for swimming though. Cause you did distance. So that was, yeah. was that similar ish. Yeah. Um, kind of the same thing with like running two when you start like your first like mile to two miles you're like oh my god I'm dying I'm dying and then you kind of lock into a pace and then um you kind of just can not you go on like an autopilot type of thing where you're like I'm it's just like the initial ramp up is really bad but then once you kind of lock into where you need to be then um you kind of start adjusting to it yeah I would imagine that takes a little bit of time and a lot of people think that they're just like done but it's like, no, you can do a lot, a lot more. And that's crazy yep. when you do like an hour of, of lunges, that sounds miserable. Is that how, how long is it? Isn't aren't evolutions, aren't they usually like four hours or something? It depends what evolution you're doing. Um, so like land portage will be like three-ish hours maybe yeah. um, with the boat on your head. But tip logs is usually, it's about 90 minutes. Um, and like, you'll do something like you'll do the obstacle course and then you'll go right into logs. So you'll do like two things. I'll take up that four hour time slot before you eat again, but logs, will be like three 30 minute iterations. So you'll do 
exercises for 30 minutes and you'll get like a five minute break to drink water. And they mm-hmm. just like how you stand at attention drinking water. And then uh, there's like, get back on your log. You're like, oh, okay. So I quote with the first log that we did, um, that I get on your log, <clears throat> chest carry facing north. So you carry the log facing north. And there's, they have these megaphones that are like lunges on the beep. So what they do is they, they, ha- they carry the megaphone over their shoulder and they just carry the little um, speaker. And they, it's like, you know, like when you have like feedback, it's like, eee, that's super horrible. Like, eee, sound. yeah, they hold the, they, that's all they, that's the beep that they do. So it's just like, Boo. they beep, beep, you go down, beep, you go up, beep, you go down, beep, you go up um, for the entire iteration for 30 minutes. So it's gotta, I feel nothing. like that's got to be annoying, even as an instructor where you get tired beeping the fucking thing. Well, because you have what they have one person beeping and they have like 10 other instructors. They're just walking around looking for people who's like your knees not touching the ground in the back or the logs that aren't keeping up with everyone. Yeah. Because that'll happen is people will start to fall out of the count. But um, <clears throat> it's better for you to fall out of the count, but still continue doing everything as a boat crew and then having some like usually the boat crew leader will start count, like doing their own count and just kind of ignoring the beeps they'll be like down up down up and they'll be calling their own thing so the log will still be doing stuff but then some log just turn into they collapse into a shit show where like people someone's trying to keep up and other the other half's not keeping up and then it's like the log it's all like wobbly and then they ultimately just stop and they're trying to reset and then as soon as you stop doing stuff then why are you stopping? Why, oh, you guys need a break? And then they just all get screamed at. Yeah. Damn. There. Um. Typically, you don't get screamed at. You get remediated. Um. And that's not a place that you want to go to. So for log remediation, there's two ways that they do it. Um. There's a full size log that they'll have you do remediation on, or there's these things called polylogs, where they're just individual logs basically. So they're enough for one person, but they're heavier. So we got, uh, and Bo, we were doing so good. We got remediated um, just because they wanted to fuck with us. So they're like, go to remediation. So you're carrying a heavier log and they're having you do lunges. And typically what that those are for is to kind of find out who's the weakest one in the entire boat crew. It's like, you'll see everyone doing it. And then one person will just not be able to be keeping up with whatever exercise they have you doing. Yeah. And they'll then they'll hone in on that person. But um, there's another thing. There's this guy, this instructor who he, he just has a bunch of like really weird one-liners where he'd say some like weird shit, but it, it, it's like funny, but then you're like, oh, God damn it. Where um, there's, it's like, there's this thing, it's, we call it the elephant walk. Um, there's, I don't even know what the name is for it, but it's where you're, you bend over and have the log in between your legs and have to hold the log by like your hand, fingers interlocked underneath it. So you're bent over, like taking these super small steps and they like expect you to carry the log like 50 yards one way and 50 yards the other way without it touching the ground. Horrible, horrible for your back. Yeah. It's like, there's no way to lift it like properly with your legs and stuff. So you're bent over and um, he'll be like on the megaphone and he'll be like, call me the predator. Cause I'm going to take your fucking spines. I'll be like the DJ is back in town and I'm going to come collect some discs. I wonder like if saying, he, like, yeah, he was like writing that shit down. was like, this is going to be some good fucking content when I get out there today. Yeah. They're just a weird guy. And you're like, he's like, if you want to break the rules, I'm going to break your fucking back. Um, you'd see a bunch of guys do it. And then they'd have to start carrying it. And then just to be, it's just a disaster. Jeez. Not fun at all. 
But um, yeah, basically the goal is to not be in that spot and not fall out of yeah. those exercises. But uh, if you stay at the count and stay with everything, sometimes what they'll do, what they were doing during Hell Week is when we were doing logs. So basically everything that you do, you have the first three weeks of phase. Um, Hell Week is everything three weeks condensed into five days. So you, there's nothing really that's new. It's just everything all at once. So the first logs that we did was the forever lunges again. So what they were doing was if you're keeping on count and your boat crew is doing everything correctly, um, an instructor will come up. He'll be like, you guys put your log down and sit on it. And then everyone else will be doing lunges and there'll be like one or two boat crews who are uh, sitting down on their log while everyone else is doing stuff. So they give them a break for doing stuff correctly. So it's um, not complete just you just getting shat on the entire time the whole thing is like one of the instructors told us he's like i'm going to tell you exactly what you need to do he's like if you like keep up if you secure and you do everything like i say then you're going to go through hell week just doing these evolutions and if not <laughs> yeah then you're going to get a whole lot of extra buds this week yeah that makes sense hey kevin give me give me two minutes give me two minutes i'm going to pause the recording one sec okay. securing them um and like what I thought was going to be the hardest and yeah, kind of like pushing through that weird mental limitation. So for you, it was the logs. Yeah. But then we ended up doing really good on logs all the time. So because one of the things that everyone struggles with is um, they call them hot laps or a chest carry. So it's just the instructor will just be like, keep up and then we'll just start taking off like running somewhere and you have to run behind them with the log and keep up with them. Um, there's only two boat crews that were able to, of the 18 that we had when we started phase that were able to keep up um, every single time and secure it every single time. So that was uh, the giants, my boat crew. And then the boat crew that had our, it was like only officers in that boat crew. They stacked their boat crew with all the most like fit guys. So they were able to keep up as well. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like something that would be pretty fucking hard. I'm just trying to go back because, like, and compare it to anything that we even did with, like, swimming, because we did some messed up stuff at Santa Clara. There's there's nothing. Like, the what we, we talked about it. Um, nothing just, compares? Nothing. You, you can't really compare anything to it, and you can't do anything to really prepare for it. Yeah. It's, it, it's such a weird environment to be in. Um, there's nothing that you can really do to, like, practice for it yeah but in general like afterwards you have to <laughs> kind of choose to do your own stuff because right now you're in like a very structured environment where you have shit to do like every fucking hour there's specific things and all that stuff but when you're out of it and you don't have that structure then you have to voluntarily choose to select all that stuff and and like do it you know because it's just not like you're in a in a program like that's that's temporary right yeah yeah it's Yep. It's one of the, like this, this type of training and like the stuff that we do is like, you never would ever want to put yourself, it's, you're at such a high risk for injury all the time doing it. Cause it's like training till failure and then continuing to train, which is like the most dangerous place to be yeah. at. Cause that's where weird stuff can happen. And that's why so many people get hurt. But so that's like one of those things you can't really practice for necessarily safely practice for. <laughs> But well, I guess unless you went through it again, then you can just wrap up your ankles and some tape and stuff or just no, get metal, metal legs and you'll be good to go. You, yeah. Bionic legs. If you have like band-aids or tape or anything on, then 
it's not a good day for you. Is that how did, is like they're how did Go- how did David Goggins do that then? Because he had like tube socks and duct tape, like a ton of stuff. It, it sounds so much different from when he went through it. Yeah, uh, definitely things are a lot different. Um, they don't let you do it unless something is prescribed to you by medical or put on by medical. It cannot be on your body. I'm sure people have done some like stupid, something stupid in the past where they put like tape on like incorrectly or something and then cause themselves to get like super hurt or something. I'm sure it's a safety thing and they have a reason for doing it, but yeah, they're very on top of making sure everything is like done professionally. Mm -hmm. If it has to do with like medicine or anything like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm sure that that's going to be, I can see how that could get a little bit crazy when everyone thinks that they're their own doctor and they end up doing something that makes them not be able to move in a certain situation and they get stuck or something weird. Yep. Who knows? Okay. Nice. Yeah, that's what they told us before. They're like, they're, they're like this, there's a super strong, no supplement of any kind rule. Um, you can't have protein powder. You can't have creatine. You can't have, you can't even have vitamin C. You can't have anything Why? because They've had because they've had because people will put weird stuff in the whatever powders that they have, or they'll be taking something and the, the that's what they told us during Bo. They're like the reason we do this is because it's not to make it harder for you guys, but like we literally have had people die on stuff like running a four mile and their heart stops and they die on the beach and like it's a safety thing. So you just literally can't be taking anything that's not specifically prescribed to you. And if they find there's been dudes like there's a guy a couple of classes ago. Um, so there's a thing called SIPE, swimmer induced pulmonary edema. It's basically like your lungs fill with you're slowly drowning internally, and it only happens pretty much at buds. Um, it's it's just from getting like in and out of the water um, so often, and like the coldness and something happens, and your lungs fill up with blood. You start coughing up blood, and it's like a pneumonia pretty much. And um, Someone told this officer, they're like, if you take Viagra, then the vasodilator will make it so your sipe is, you don't get sipe or it goes away quickly because it makes it so the blood flow. I'm sure there's some truth behind that um, somehow, somewhere in some medicine, but he got caught during a room inspection. They found that in his room and they, they just kicked him out completely. They're like, you're done. That really so, sucks. Yep. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to be in that that situation. No, you do not. Yeah, that sucks. So what's next for you for what you're doing? Are you able to do anything? Or are you just chilling in your room for the whole time? Um, I'm on this thing called convalescent leave now. Um, we're basically, um, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> it's, it's leave time that doesn't eat into my earned leave time. So it's just like, people like if you have like a kid you get convalescent leave where it's just like this isn't going to take away from your earned leave but you're not going to be doing any sort of duty or training or anything yeah so you're not able to really i mean you can't really walk right now at all no i can't do anything yeah i had to have like three dudes i just moved um out of the barracks and into a different one i had to have like three dudes come and help me move because i can't hold any of my bags but Jeez. Well, hopefully you find out more stuff soon. Yeah. Well, okay. So I want you to just go through, cause like you've, you've gone through a lot of stuff. Is there any, like, I'm sure you've had some like crazy stories just to have something that, so we can kind of dig into it and talk about it a little bit more, but what, what's been one of like the crazier things that you've seen from a, 
shocking standpoint or just like interesting or anything that you've been um, that you've experienced and like be like descriptive and talk <clears throat> about it because i'm curious well definitely um you're we talking about it earlier when we had to get that dude out of our boat during land portage um yeah. so that was the f- first week yeah first week land portage so i think it was like probably like wednesday of the first week um and there's so like going in you know who like you, from going through bow and everything you know that there's certain people who you're like this person's not going to do well and it's not so much that like you're like okay this person's not going to do well it's like they're going to their failure to perform is going to affect the entire boat crew because the boat is like 280 ish pounds and if someone's not carrying their like 30 pounds then that goes on to everyone else um and the way the boat's set up so it'll be like two people in the front two people in the middle two people in the back and if someone from the back isn't carrying the boat then the person who's in the middle starts getting crushed on that side and the person who's on the opposite side in the back starts getting crushed and you have to rearrange the boat um in order to like mitigate that but if the person's in the boat still but they're not carrying it you can't rearrange the boat until they're out of the boat so we were in that situation we were probably like eight minutes into the land porridge and this dude had been a problem for us like all the way up until that point and we knew he was he was failing runs already failing swims he wasn't he just not how he got in so what what happened was when we classed up um there's usually the point system to go into the class where it's based off of your run swim and o course time and they wanted to clear out basically all of ptrr so they let everyone into the class even the people who were not ready for it. Cause they're like, well, if you're not ready, then you're going to come here. You're going to fail and we're going to drop you. So they let the bad people. And so this dude shouldn't have been there in the first place, but they let him in and we knew he was going to be a problem, but started doing this land portage. And within the first couple of minutes, um, the instructors are on our ass and we can hear them screaming at this dude. They're like, get underneath the boat. You're not carrying it. Blah, blah, blah our boat crew leader is right in front of him and he's yelling at him. He's like, dude, you're crushing me right now. I need you to pick up the boat. I need you to like hold something like you're hurting me. And the guy, you can hear him in the back. "Uh, uh, uh," And you're like, okay, this is bad. (laughs) So um, there's this one, I don't know who this instructor was. He wasn't one of our phase instructors. He was a random guy, but he was like the coolest instructor that we've ever had. He was like, uh, I was in the two spots, the heaviest spot at that point. He comes up, he's like, you guys got to run him out. And we're like, who ya? And he's like, he's like, so he's like, I'm going to count to three and you're going to start sprinting. And you're going to get him out of your boat. Okay. And we're like, yep. So he's like, three, two, one, go. And we start just sending it, taking off. And this dude in the back, he had just enough in him to keep up with us sprinting without carrying the boat um but not enough to fall out so what happens is you always have to keep positive control of the boat there's handles on the sides so you have the boat on your head and you're holding a handle um what he you're supposed to be pushing the handles forward to keep the momentum of the boat going forward dude's not underneath the boat and he's holding onto his handle so we're dragging him along pretty much and all he's doing is like running to keep up but he's getting pulled so it's making everything heavier and harder it took us probably 25 minutes to get him out um and at that point um people are like they're like telling him to like get the fuck out get the fuck out of this boat right now. Like you're not helping. You're hurting us. Get out of here, get out of here. And then, um, people are yelling, yelling, they pull our boat off to the side and the instructors are like, uh, you guys are going to restart in last place now and you better catch back up to the front. And we're like, 
we're not even worried about that right now. We're like, we need to get this guy out of the boat. And then the two guys who are next to each other in the back, uh, it was my old swim buddy. And then uh, this dude who sucks and straight up start shoving him out of the boat, pushing him out. And then they um, dude like winds back, like they're going to start hitting each other. And they're about to start fighting under like, and we're all carrying the boat. We're like, everything's you know, all moved around. We're like, our necks are breaking. We're like, fuck, 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 fuck. And the instructors have to step in and they're like, students aren't allowed to hit other students. Mm-hmm. Like, okay yeah <laughs> but they had, to, they had they had that was something that that, that was the only time I, ha- I ever heard of them intervening with that because they were about to start fighting um eventually we were able to run him out um and then so that only kind of sucks that took us from six people to five people but we were able to rearrange the boat so we had um everyone the weight was again distributed equally and, but then we were at a huge disadvantage, um, just kind of going, we were in last place now and we had five people, but we were able to start passing boats and doing stuff. And the instructor that like told us to run him out was next to us the entire time. He's like, you guys are savages. You guys ran him out. You guys have five people and you're passing people. You guys are killing it. Keep going, keep going. And um, we were getting a lot of positive reinforcement that day for some reason, but that guy wasn't a first phase instructor. So he was being cool to us, but um, yeah. Well, if you have they a weak, threw, if you have a weak person on the team, it's going to fuck it up no matter where you are or what you do on any, in yeah. any, in any environment. Yeah. So what they do here is when that happens is what they did then. So we were boat crew one, boat crew two is the next tallest people. They went, they took this kid into boat crew two and they took out their strongest person and put him in and to replace them and then put their next strongest person in boat crew three. So they just rearranged the boats like as you're doing stuff. So now they Booker two had this dude. He got ran out of there immediately um, until eventually. Then he exact same thing as the officer. His his leg hurt, and he went to medical for his leg, and he came back with COVID symptoms. So you have, you have people like that everywhere. I have that in, yeah. in software sales when I'm managing a team, and when you have someone who just brings the whole group down that's not trying, that's just hurting people. You know what happens? You get fucking yeah. fired. You can't you can't <laughs> that's it that around because. That, yeah, because that's what they're, they're they're like. That's like a cancer to the boat crew. Um, it's it's definitely applicable everywhere. But but the only thing is here is like you're going to get physically hurt and get taken out of the program if someone like that is um, rem- like remains. But I guess that can be like any your success is contingent on not your weakest link, but like everyone being able to carry their own weight when doing mm-hmm. any kind of task, especially in a team oriented. Thing. if someone starts doing that then you need to you need to get rid of them because there's no especially there there's no we don't have time to like positively talk someone up and be like no you got this you got this it's like you need to do it or you need to go yep. <laughs> there's no we don't have time to help you we can't slow down and help you because then everyone in our boat crew is going to get punished for your inability to keep up so yeah that's like the most like similar parallel i think from what that is to to work stuff and, and everything that I'm doing, which is kind of crazy because yeah, if you have that wrong person, the, the only two, there's only two ways to measure if somebody's doing their job and it's whether you're being effective or ineffective. And obviously that guy was very fucking ineffective, but it's interesting because yeah. with like the boat, boat crew stuff, one thing with, uh, with Jocko's book, you know, he does the, like, there's no bad leaders. There's, or sorry, there's no bad teams. There's only bad leaders. So you have a different person at the head of it and in in his books in his book extreme ownership one of the things that they did was like basically took the top performing boat crew and then put like the leader uh on the bottom on like the least like the worst performing team and they switched it 
And then basically what happened was they took the, you know, the good leader on the bad team, that team started doing really good. And when they had a really shitty leader on the good team, I think they like coasted and did okay. But you saw like a crazy big turnaround. Did, was that a big factor with your, with your stuff based on who was actually leading it? Um, yep. With some boat crews. Yeah. Um, there was the, anytime, whatever group boat crew, they put the officer in charge, um, the new one. So this dude, he was like, he's a stud and, extremely good at everything wherever they put him his boat his boat would usually win so and he just knew exactly how to he'd also been in buds for a very long time but he just knows exactly how to like get people to do stuff correctly and how to arrange everything so it works and how to push people without um being like you you fucking pussy do better but like he'll just be like hey this person like he'll, he'll be very encouraging but like stern at the same time it, it's not a negative way so he had a very effective way of doing it and it worked out very well for him our boat crew was more like uh what was the term in jocko's book there's like diffused not Decent, diffused, de- um, decentralized, decentralized command. Command. yeah so our is like everyone was we our our boat crew was a leader he was a he's a he was a diver who was coming back to buds after he got dropped his first time like five years ago um so he was our boat crew leader, but everyone kind of was, we all knew what we had to do in order to be successful. And it was more of like a, not him being like, you beat two people switch, you switch with this person. Ours was like, Hey, this person, do you need to switch? Cool. We'll switch, do this, do this, do this. So it wasn't, we didn't have, it wasn't like an authoritarian thing. Everyone was just kind of more or less looking out for each other and trying to make sure that we, cause we knew going in, like from the beginning, we're like, if your team falls apart, then you're fucked. But if you can keep everything together and like keep it everything like calm and make sure everyone is like looked out for, then you'll <clears throat> your chances of success are like astronomically higher than because you'll hear people under boats and they're screaming at each other and like you're like these people like hate each other. They're like, gonna have a really hard time. Yeah. So and then they'll you'll if you went by our boat crew, you'd hear like every no one would be talking. The only person who would be like saying anything would be like a dude who would be like in the two spot and he'd just be calling like a very like he'd be calling like a cadence for steps, just be like one, two, one, two, one, two, just so you, just so everyone can be on the same footing. And uh, that worked out really well for us. And we were able to like, if you're the, the whole thing, like they teach us is like calm breeds calm. And as soon as you lose, like you're cool and you let all your emotions take over then like it devolves into chaos very quickly. Yeah. And that whole thing is all about detachment. That's the like principle that they talk about. And I think that's fucking huge because when people react emotionally in any circumstance, it's probably not how you actually want to react because you don't have the full information. You're going up like, uh, like an emotional, just like quick response. And it's usually something that you feel stupid about after. So the best yep. leaders and the best crews can not get emotionally invested. They can detach when something's happening because that's then you can actually see what's happening around you, whether it is boat crews or whether you're trying to solve like a complex problem or do it or, or whatever it may be. Like you have to understand, hey, what's happening? And then when you detach, then you can do the whole, uh, what is it, prioritize and execute, right? Where it's just like, hey, what needs to be done right now? What's the most critical thing? And then you just fucking do it. Yeah. So for, uh, yeah, for definitely for us in those situations, it wasn't so much like figuring out what the problem was and trying to fix it. It was just keeping, it's because something happens when like your, your emotions get all flared up and then you get this like weird surge of, energy and like from being like angry or whatever and then as soon as that dies off then you're 
is you'll be like here coasting coasting then you'll go up and then you'll just drop very low and then like morale and energy and everything is just suddenly super low as opposed like if you can just keep it at that steady level the entire time without having those emotional flare-ups then you'll be you'll be able to just maintain uh, your steady pace and be able to like push forward while everyone else is having these like weird ups and downs. So you just want to be as like consistent as possible is the ultimate goal. Well, yeah. And you feel you have to like desensitize yourself to emotional responses and almost callous your, your brain about it. And they do that by fucking with you guys by like messing up your room and having you put like putting sand in your fucking bed. And they're like, Hey, go clean this up at 2am. So they, they're yeah. doing this stuff nonstop because Normally, if that ever happened to you, you'd be like a normal person would be livid when that happens. And, yeah, and that's one of those, that. <laughs> they quit over their room, their room being torn yeah. apart. <laughs> they'll come back to the room and they'll be like, I'm not doing this. They're like, this is stupid. And you're like, you, you're like, it's just like one of those things where you're, you just have to be like, hey, well, that's stupid. Oh, well, that sucks. Yeah. One of those that's, things where you yeah. just can't get mad. You just have to be like, all right, well, this is what's going to happen. I remember one yeah, time. Um, I remember, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. So this, the, what happened that so when I remember I told you how there was that guy who got the, who went SIQ in my boat crew, the one who ended up quitting right before hell week started. Yeah. Um, the, the super strong guy, we were having our proctor time the day that he went SIQ. And I guess the proctor was like livid at him. So, um, what he said, he's like, he's like, so like, he's like, you guys are going to pay for his, um, his choices and his mistakes. And we're like, I'm like, what are you going to make us do? And then um, he was like, he's like, so when we're done with this meeting, what we're going to do, he's like, we're all going to march over to the barracks. And he's like, everyone is going to take their helmet. He's like, you're going to go and you're going to fill it up with sand. And then we're going to bring the sand up into his room and you're going to dump it everywhere in his room. So for this one, yeah, like, for like, wait for one guy in particular. Yeah. So this is the, this is the guy who's SIQ. So they're like, we're going to basically 98 helmets filled up with sand. And he's like, you're just going to dump it everywhere in his room. And then he's like, uh, he's like, and here's, what's going to happen. He's like, this guy, he is not going to clean any of it. He's like, your but his boat crew, you guys are going to be cleaning his entire room tonight. And I was like, fuck. And everyone's like looking over at our boat crew and they're like, that sucks guys. Sorry. And so we like hundreds of pounds of sand were in that room. Um, though we had to, we had to clean his entire room that night because so much sand was in there. Like, what are you, actually, what, what, are, what are you, what are you given to clean? What are your cleaning supplies? I mean, we have like brooms and shit, but like what we had to go do is go like downstairs and find one of those big giant, like 55 gallon trash cans. And it's like, take the trash bag out and we're filling it up with sand and bringing it back to the beach and dumping it out and just like making trips back and forth. It took like four hours to get all the sand out. And they're like, it needs to be inspection ready. If there's one grain of sand, then we're going to use that. If there's one grain of sand left in that room, we're going to do that. We're going to get everyone's helmets filled up with sand. And we're going to do that in every single person's room in the barracks. So like, everyone was like, you guys better clean that like really fucking well. And we're like, check that sucks. <laughs> But yeah, well, it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, and I think that's what the point of it is so that you don't get frustrated over small shit, because when people get frustrated over small shit, that's when they get emotional, they can't detach and when stuff falls apart. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of that stuff that just doing the, the shitty things. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of what I was just about to 
Oh, when things just suck. I remember one time it was just, it was totally not even like anything close to what we're talking about. But I remember in college specifically, I was with Julius and I was taking a, a big, we, I like specifically had to get a gallon of milk for some reason. And I was holding it in the plastic bag and I was closing the trunk and the plastic bag just like broke and the milk just shat, splattered everywhere and got just all over everything. And instead of being mad, me and Julius just looked at each other. He's like, well, that's gay. It's like, yeah, yep. And just like, all right, we're not going to be upset about this. We're just going to clean it up. And you almost have to laugh at it because when you have dumb shit that can annoy the hell out of you, you can you know, choose one of two responses. Yeah. Yeah, typically the nights that are the days that our rooms got super messed up were the days that we had night evolutions. Remember our first night evolution uh, was just surf passage. So just out on the boats, like going in and out of the water um, on the beach till about like 11 o'clock at night. Um, and we were going and we were, we thought we did our berm sprints and we got off the beach and we thought we were done and we're cleaning everything up. And they were like, the instructor comes over. He's like, oh, you guys thought you were done? Shoulder to shoulder, water's edge. And that means you're about to get surf <laughs> tortured. And we're like, yeah. Fuck. So we have to go, we were like laying in the water, everyone's freezing. And then they're like, okay, get wet and sandy. Yeah, cover yourself in sand. And then they're like, go into the classroom and talk to your proctor. So we go into the classroom, our proctor's there. He's like, he's like, all right, you guys did all right tonight. Um, he's like, so I'm not going to bore you with, we'll go over everything else that we did um, today and tomorrow's meeting. He's like, but um, we got a long night ahead of us. And we're like, what do you mean? We've already had a long night. He's like, when you go back to your rooms, you're not going to be happy about what you see. You're not going to be happy about what you find. But all of your rooms need to be inspection ready by tomorrow morning. And we're like, oh, no. So what sucked, what we learned really quickly is this one kid, he had those Ensure chocolate milks I would keep in the fridge. Um, after that night, we were like, you're never allowed to have those in the room ever again. Because what they would do is they just take them, open them, and just throw them at the walls and dump them in your bed and, like, all this stuff. So all your sheets are just destroyed there's like chocolate milk on the ceiling and on the walls and like everything. So we're like, we got back and we were like, I don't think we're going to sleep tonight. So we start, we just move everything and we start cleaning the ceiling and cleaning the walls, our sheets. There's only one washer and dryer on our floor and we have like 90 dudes living there. So we're like, I don't even know what to do about this. And then one of our, one of the officers was like, he texted everyone at like one 30 in the morning and he's like, I got us new sheets. And we're like, fuck yeah new sheets so we put all the new sheets on the bed instead of having to clean the other ones but we ended up being up like super late cleaning everything um everything was good to go and then they did the exact same thing the next night all right and people quit doing this yeah uh because people will just like be like they'll they'll clean it and then they'll get up in the morning and just be like i haven't slept um i don't want to do this anymore yeah and so it, before the day starts they just wait because that's waking up in buds is the hardest thing that you do um as you wake up and you're just like, fuck. Yeah, no one wakes again. up. No one wakes up really amped up. Morning time's always hard, especially when you're off of no sleep and you're and you're just in a lot of pain. Yeah, it's like what I what I thought was the the most painful mornings we ever had were Saturday mornings. <laughs> yeah, because that's when you got your first like full night of sleep. And are you walking on your yeah. leg? Uh, like hobbling. Yeah. I can stand on my heel. That's it. Got it. I was like, well, how are you walking if your leg's fucking <laughs> broken? <laughs> it's not going to get any less broken. But I can hobble around. I'm not supposed to. 
But um, you know, the yeah, you wake up on Saturday morning and that's when like you're back and everything is like you're like all locked up and you're like, oh, oh god. So the first like couple of hours on a Saturday morning are pretty brutal, but then kind of get over it. Yeah, definitely. Good. Well, yeah. Well, what we'll do next time we'll get we'll get some other topics and some other shit lined up and go through and have something uh, really really solid. But uh, for th- for this one for the second episode, uh, that's going to be the end here, and we'll get another one coming in the next few days. All right, later.